1: From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
0: Well, you are definitely going to notice a change in the temperature today. How are you doing, everybody? It is a Thursday, the 21st day of October. Today, it's starting to feel more like fall. Cloudy skies on the way for today. 54 are expected high. Tonight, Probably plenty of folks that will be reporting maybe their first frost. Overnight lows in south-central Wisconsin expected to be right around 34 degrees. Tomorrow, not much better. Cloudy skies and fifty-two during the day. Saturday, sunshine, but still on the chilly side, fifty-two degrees. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist has weather details for us, and it is all about the details when it comes to the market. Cody Coster with EverAg in Chicago joining us this morning. He's got some broker perspective on what's happening with the dairy trends. We got the latest milk production figures for the state of Wisconsin as well as the twenty-three major dairy producing states. And while cows are exiting the industry, Milk production staying pretty firm. Cody Koster, our guest this morning.
1: Whether you compete on the court, at the track, on the field, or in the fields, winning isn't just a goal. It's a mindset shaped, honed, and defined throughout the season. That's why farmers pushing themselves to be the best plant DeKalb brand corn. Wherever you compete, winning has roots. Perform at your best with DeKalb. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions.
2: No matter how good our cropping season is, there are always challenges, and this year is no exception. Bob Osel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn, being at weather, disease, insects, there's always a challenge. And Aaron, you found one that is rearing its ugly head and hasn't been around this many times this time of the year, has
3: it? Yes, sir. And this warm fall is kind of really egging this bug on Aaron Zimmerman here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And, you know, not too long ago, I saw a neighbor's alfalfa field continue to get a little more brown and a little more brown and a little more brown each and every day. And I tried to figure out what it was. Well, I talked with Brian Jensen, UW Extension Pest Management Specialist, and he told me that it's it's probably fall armyworm. Now, fall armyworm is different from the normal armyworm that we see on corn in the spring, but it's rearing its ugly head, like you said, way more than anybody has ever seen in this area. It's a tropical insect that is thriving in this warm fall weather. Brian told me a little bit more about the situation and what it really means, and that luckily it probably won't survive the winter here in Wisconsin.
4: Yeah, um, this is a very unusual situation. I've never seen it like this before. Um, and specifically what we're dealing with right now this fall is what's called the fall army worm. We're used to de- dealing with the true army worm, which we have problems with in, in corn, later in the spring, early summer. But this is a completely different species. It's a tropical insect, maybe subtropical. It does migrate up here occasionally, but in very, very small numbers. This year, we kind of have had a a bit of a perfect storm. We've had intense flights up here, late season. And also, we've had some very unusual uh, fall weather, very warm. And I think if we would have been having more normal fall temperatures, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now because cooler weather, you know, 60s and below, really slows this insect up. As I mentioned, they're subtropical, if not tropical. And uh, so they're just not cold hardy. And maybe if, if there's something good I can tell you is that they will not overwinter up here and Whatever happens next fall, if anything, uh, we'll have no bearing on what we've seen or heard this year.
3: Sure, now let's talk a little bit about, you know, how they got here, and I feel like they've been moving pretty fast. Uh, you know, we were men- I mentioned our neighbor's field, the alfalfa field, that has just been, you know, getting brown a little bit farther and farther down the hill. Seems like, you know, you can almost watch it die and, and get brown as, as you stand there. But, you know, let's talk a little bit about that on how fast this has been moving and how it's, you know, kind of abnormal.
4: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and sort of what we're dealing with right now is, in a typical fall, we're not out scouting our alfalfa for insects. We're, we're, we're past the summer. We just don't see these issues in our alfalfa. This year, we've had the flight up, and the adult, which is a moth, has laid some eggs. And it's it's been kind of a continuous flight. So the reports I'm getting is they seem to have some larger larvae, which consume a lot of foliage, some mid-sized larvae which consume a little bit less, and then the, it's a small larvae um, that they don't consume a lot, a lot of foliage and can easily go undiagnosed. So my guess is for a lot of people, uh, earlier this fall, we had the small larvae out there. You know, We didn't notice it. Again, we're not looking at our alfalfa at that time of the year. Then they, those larvae will grow and mature a little bit, and their rate of consumption of the foliage goes up. And then all of a sudden, when they get to be quite a bit larger, you can see some near defoliation of our, well, I've seen them in uh, winter wheat, alfalfa, cover crops, things like that. And all of a sudden, it it seems as if you have flipped a switch, and all of a sudden, they're there. In reality, they were there earlier, and we just were not out looking, you know, and... Uh, Caught us a little bit by surprise, yeah.
3: For those people who maybe are experiencing that, that now, you know, seeing those effects and they didn't know that they were there, are there still things that they can do or need to do as far as spraying those kind of things to kind of recover their alfalfa or cover crops? Or, you know, is it kind of, well, we'll just you have to replant it next spring?
4: Um, yeah, it, I, there's still time to go out and look. Uh, I just looked at the uh, weather for southern Wisconsin in the long term, and it's still going to be relatively warm. Uh, during the daytime hours. So I, I wish I could give you better news that they're going to crash. Uh, the cold weather is going to take them, but I can't say that. And to be honest, I've had no experience uh, dealing with these fall army worms uh, in Wisconsin like this. This is a once-in-a-lifetime uh, event for the Midwest, or at least I hope it is a once-in-a-lifetime So, with the crops that we might have it in and established stands of alfalfa, new seedings of alfalfa certainly have been, uh, have had some defoliation. We don't have thresholds to deal with these things. Again, this has been a once in a lifetime deal. And uh, what I, you know, we're always worried about alfalfa stand survival at this time of year. You know, and the analogy is, you know, if you take a late cut, you're going to have greater winter mortality and things like that, so don't cut too early, don't cut too late sort of thing. So I think that's what we've got to be dealing with in alfalfa, being concerned about alfalfa stand survival. And if you think that is a problem, uh, I would be probably a little bit quicker to make a, an insecticide application. Now, if you've got light defoliation or moderate defoliation, you know, I don't, I don't think that's going to be an issue but uh with the weather coming up being warm uh the caterpillars will still be feeding for a while and yet the alfalfa will continue to grow so uh um that that's it is a bit of a concern
3: now we talk a little bit about you know how this affects the alfalfa fields you know maybe your winter wheat your cover crops so for the neighbor that's next door to maybe one of these fields that has some pastures. Is there any concern there as far as, you know, just their normal grass and pastures for their livestock at all?
4: Oh yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Pastures have had some significant problems too. And kind of like with alfalfa, it's the same thing. You're you're worried about that that stand survivor survival over the winter and all, also in our pastures um having enough forage. And it's not uncommon to hear people have comments like you had mentioned where seem to be moving down the i think it was down the hillside that you were talking about and what's happening there is the caterpillars are are running out of foliage and they do move uh down to to newer foliage so certainly again thanks for bringing that up pastures are going to be good to to scout right now uh and one thing on the pastures especially uh, if you do feel you need to make an insecticide application and are still planning on grazing that year, uh, to choose an insecticide that has a pre-harvest interval that meets your grazing or uh, forage needs.
3: Gotcha. Always a good reminder. So you say these bugs are not going to survive over winter. Is there any concern, you know, for future, being that they've been here once, that they might come back again?
4: Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, in in past years, and I've been doing this for several decades, I always find some larvae, but it's a novelty. I'll see them in sweet corn, and maybe some of the processors have had a a bit of a problem with some larvae in the ears from time to time. But I have never seen anything uh, remotely this bad. And I think, again, it's the the flight up uh, in September, uh, or flights rather, and then the uh, mild fall temperatures. But the, the winter will kill them out. I'm, I'm sure that even the true army worm does not overwinter up here. So for next year, I think experience what we've seen of this year. We will be out looking. Everyone will be out looking. And, and that's a good thing just to be on the safe side. Because with these insects, you get a lot better control and more bang from your insecticide dollar if you catch that infestation early you know if you wait to you know if you don't catch it till it's too late you've always already have had some significant yield reductions and the larger larvae will just be harder to kill.
3: Here with Brian Jensen, University Pest Management Specialist, talking about the fall armyworm population here in Wisconsin being quite a bit worse than we have ever experienced before. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Aaron Zimmerman. This is the
1: Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
5: When your favorites start the game, you can count on a win count on interstate all battery when you need your car golf cart and outdoor equipment to start interstate all battery staying power delivers more going power one store for all the battery energy you'll ever need rely on the interstate all battery center to keep you in a starting position and always free battery testing just inside the middleton business park interstate batteries outrageously dependable
1: At Wiffle's Hybrids, we're known for doing one big thing. Superior corn hybrids. Really, really well. But the truth is, it's only because we don't lose sight of all the little things. Wiffle's Hybrids. Lots of little things done right. Little things include customer-first philosophy, more cigarettes per region for more personal contact, active and involved leadership, no hidden agendas, unmatched quality assurance, popcorn deliveries to your combine, taking jobs personally, no confusing rebate programs, and a few post-harvest dinners. For a complete list of all the little things that makes Wiffles hybrids different, please visit Wiffles.com.
5: If you've been injured in a bad crash, you might think the facts are so clear that you don't need an attorney. Big mistake. Insurance companies have many arguments to reduce settlements, no matter how clear the claim may seem. I'm John Raihala. At Clifford & Ryhola, we have the experience you need to take on those arguments and win. Recent example. A young woman was driving when an oncoming car crossed the center line and crashed into her head-on. She was severely injured and paralyzed and needed experienced lawyers. Though her case seemed clear, the insurance companies still came up with lots of reasons why they didn't want to pay. We fought for her and made sure she and her family Receive the full compensation they deserved.
6: For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Raihala, hard working, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com.
3: Sows,
1: cows, plows. Heck, anything connected to farming's on the menu here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Young. Oh uh,
0: yeah, so feeling a lot more like fall as we get started on a Thursday morning. And I don't think this ship's going to turn around anytime soon. Let's find out about it. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live this morning. Yeah, I see up at the home farm. They're into the 40s starting off this morning. And I'm guessing that there's some folks out there that are going to notice a little frost as they get rolling huh
2: and maybe not today but there's a frost advisor already in effect from 1 a.m to 9 a.m tomorrow morning from lacrosse vernon richland crawford county and i think that's going to become a little more widespread that area may actually build somewhat uh, as we head on toward tonight not into tomorrow morning After all, low pressure that brought some rain. Nothing too impressive. I mean, I'm looking at rain amounts this morning. Uh, La Crosse at two hundredths of an inch. Mawston, eight hundredths of an inch. Uh, The final report saying thirteen hundredths of an inch. But none of that really adding up to any great measure. Low pressure is crossing through southern Wisconsin this morning. It's going to build off into lower Michigan today. There's still some sprinkly showers in west-central Wisconsin, back up toward Eau Claire, still just a little west of Wausau, and some activity in far southwest Wisconsin as well. But that will move east and clear out of here, and as it does even by later today, a little chance some sunshine could try to break out again. Don't count on a lot, but I'd just say overall kind of a cloudy day that stays cooler Yes, a little cooler than normal. In the grand scheme, five or six degrees cooler than our normals. And those are just in the upper 50s right now. So, you know, we don't expect it to be 70 or 80. Oh, yeah, we can hope for that. But in all reality, it's just not going to happen right now. The good news is the rain will end today. Skies may clear a little. That brings up that frosty possibility. Quite late tonight, early morning, Friday. I think a little more likely we see some frost late Friday night, early Saturday. Daytime high temperatures today, Friday, Saturday, all in the low 50s, cooler than normal. Nothing too drastic, and the nighttime lows aren't going to drop to the mid-20s or anything. Back down around freezing, 32, 30 here and there. There may be an upper 20. That's about the most we expect, and it will begin to turn around. In fact, I expect a little rain chance tries to edge on in by late Sunday. And then as we look toward next week with that little rain just to wrap up the weekend, take us to Monday, suddenly those temps warm up. By the mid part of next week, we could probably have 60s returning once again. So we're not out of the woods. I mean, it's not winter settling right in, but it is going to be a little cooler now as we head toward this weekend. And most likely because of the rain we've seen, stay a little on the damp side as well. I'll have forecast details
7: right after this. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner
8: of Olson Solar Energy.
7: This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity you should reach out to us and we will come out there for a very specialized specific quote for you to look at your farm we can put solar anywhere we can put it on a barn we can put it on the ground we can put it on a hill <laughs> so we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm in your situation and then once we design that even powering your whole farm you can harvest enough sunlight to have a zero dollar energy bill
8: go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving go green save green with olson solar
0: energy all righty, Stu. So a little sweater weather at least on the interim, but I like what you have to say about next week in the temperatures.
2: Well, yeah, it turns around pretty nicely. Yeah, today still a little on the cool side. Clouds, some sprinkly showers, some light rain. If we see another, you know, maybe a tenth of an inch or so, especially in eastern Wisconsin, that's about all there's going to be. Temps in the low 50s today, 52, 53, probably our warm temp. And winds become west and north, only about 5 to 15. Well, then partly cloudy tonight, a little patchy frost, late night, early Friday at Frost Advisory from 1 a.m. to 9 a.m. Friday, La Crosse, near south, right along the Mississippi River. I'd expect nighttime lows close to freezing, maybe a, just a degree or two above 32 in eastern Wisconsin, right at 32 or just below in the west. The north winds only about 5. Partly sunny on Friday, very low 50s for highs. Northwest winds at five, and that frosty and early on Saturday. And otherwise, a sunny Saturday, low 50s, 52-53, north winds at 5, some rain chance on towards Sunday afternoon, still in the lower, you know, at best 54-55 or 55 for Sunday's high. But then, as we talked about, next week, uh, mid part of the week, sounds pretty comfortable once again. So just hang on, Pam. It'll all be better. Just stay warm for a couple of days.
0: I'm all right with that. Very good. Thanks, Stu. We'll catch up with you tomorrow.
2: All right, see you then.
0: Stu Mach, our ag meteorologist, with the weather details that you're looking for this morning. Yeah, like I said, if you look around the state, uh, plenty of folks waking up with temperatures that are in the low 40s. So we'll just have to weather through for a little bit. Now, if you be- did pick up rain, measurable rain, I know in my backyard it was just trace amounts, don't forget we still have our Midwest Farm Report rain reports going on. So you can always talk or text on our Midwest Farm Report line. That number again, 877 877- Three zero one farm eight seven seven three zero one three two Seven, six. And remember, the way that works, you can dial that number and uh, leave me a voice message, or you can text me details on rainfall in your area. Just remember, you've got to let me know where you are at. I can't, I can't read minds or figure that out just by a phone number. you have to actually tell me where your rainfall amount was measured. But do that, and we'll keep you posted on the results through the morning.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
6: The Army National Guard plays a vital role in your community. We're on the front lines supporting essential personnel, first responders, law enforcement, and medical professionals. Delivering food, supplies, and medicine. Keeping communities safe. Making a difference. During emergencies, we're always ready. Always there. Learn more about part-time service in the Army National Guard at nationalguard.com.
5: Sponsored by the Wisconsin Army National Guard. Aired by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association and this station.
0: Time for another Harvest Update brought to you by our friends at DeKalb. And joining us today is DeKalb Asgrove Field Representative Stephanie Rush in western Wisconsin. So, Stephanie, how has the harvest been going in your territory?
6: Hi, Pam. It's been going. Um, it's been going. We are going strong um, and things are um, probably, you know, right in the thick of it. And we have some challenges, definitely, with um, some really dry corn out there because we were ahead on GDUs this year. But overall, harvest is coming along and we're looking forward to hopefully getting done before Thanksgiving this year.
0: You know, we did have a unique growing season depending on where you are. What kinds of advice or tips are you suggesting for growers that might be in the home stretch?
6: I would say if you haven't looked at your fields, to determine um, a legitimate harvest order yet, you should get out and really check those stocks, see where they're at. Maybe there's a field that's um, out in the middle of the open area and we would be susceptible to some wind events or um, potentially some heavy rainfall. So on the corn side of things, definitely check that stock quality. Look at the dry down of that plant and if there's anything that you might be missing that we would need to go pick up first and foremost and then i know sometimes if there's any challenges with down corn um, we tend to want to leave that to last but in my experience the longer we leave that corn the worse off it gets as far as how much of it lays down so as big of an issue as it is get down and pick that worst stuff first just so that we can make sure that we try and get as much of it as we can um, and then move forward. And I think beans are coming along really nice and looking great from a harvest perspective, and got some really great stories there as well.
0: Excellent. Thank you, Stephanie. That's DeKalb Asgrow field representative, Stephanie Rush. For more information, talk with your local dealer or visit dot Are
8: you ready for the next generation of body sculpting? A Skincare Minute with Skincare Expert, Michelle Neeson. Current body-shaping devices have addressed unwanted stubborn fat and skin laxity. But what if we want more muscle strength and toning? mSculpt is our new body-sculpting device at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie that uses high-intensity electromagnetic contractions with a 30-minute treatment described as equivalent to 20,000 crunches. mSculpt is approved for abdomen, arms, thighs, and calves. And it's also the world's first non-invasive butt toning and lifting procedure. M-Sculpt is a safe, effective addition to any workout program. The possibilities are endless.
6: Let your natural
8: beauty shine through. View our specials at SockPrairie.com.
9: No doubt about it. The best seat in the house is the one in your bathroom. The toilet is one of those things you never expect to act up or break down. But when it does, Benjamin Plumbing will have one of their capable service techs check things out. It could be something as simple as a float valve. Or it could be you're due for a brand new, comfy toilet. And not to worry, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Temperamental toilet... Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing.
3: Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com.
10: Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing.
9: Doctor. Doctor. Tom and
4: Tom
11: of Tom's Auto Center.
4: We offer routine maintenance and precise surgery for your
11: vehicle. Plus, velveteen professional services to protect the health of your car. Does your doctor give you a warranty? We do. More than mechanics, at Tom's Auto Center, we're more
9: like family physicians for your car. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from
12: McDonald's.
1: Tom's Auto Center!
12: So, boys, Army, a nice four to one victory on what was that Thursday? Um, little dicey at first. I was like paying attention, obviously, and keeping tabs. One to one entering the third. What happened in that fourth period, Strobes, uh, to get that first win over Army?
11: Well, again, Army uh, played us tough in the fact that uh, you know they they kind of trapped us in certain areas of the rink and were blocking shots, and you know, frankly, it was just hard for us to score goals. We were we were getting a lot of pressure on them. We had opportunities, and uh, we were putting pucks. Uh, You know, kind of into the goaltender's belly, and couldn't uh, you know follow up with rebounds where they needed to go. So, took a little extra time, and uh, finally we we got one there uh, late, and then I had two empty netters, and then uh, carried over into Saturday again, where you know again we have to find the answer to who's going to score goals for us this year, and uh, certainly the hope was that a lot of your veterans come back with, you know, seven or eight from last year can build up to twelve or thirteen or fourteen this year. And um, right yeah. now, you know, it it that's a work in progress, that's for sure.
12: Uh, Barry, on your playing days and uh, just, you know, watching and whatnot, when you're tied with a tight team, you know, 1-1, one, one, and all of a sudden the flurry happens of goals, is that a thing you can as strobe? said move it forward, momentum into the next game then?
5: Yeah, I mean, and, and, and they're going to make adjustments and they're going to make uh, changes and everything. So it was, uh, I mean, the games were very, very similar. I think it was probably a frustrating game, for uh the Badgers to play in a sense that they weren't finding the net. They had a lot of shots, but um I think the the quality shots maybe weren't as there as much as they would like to have and and uh you know the power play is a work in progress when you have five new guys going out there and playing and and it's really uh as I look at it uh they gotta find their identity I think and I and I know that's uh, that's true for any team that's starting together in totally different uh roster. Um, and they have to have that leadership. And so it's. Uh, I know they have a heck of a schedule coming up yeah. here. So uh, the. the so, I guess the boys will have to be ready for that one.
12: What do you guys have, six straight games against top four teams? And then I think it's eight straight games against ranked opponents. Strobes, I think the identity might be found coming up here. <laughs> well, that's yeah, – yeah, absolutely,
11: absolutely. I mean, it's called opportunity. and um, You
12: got to strive on that. You, you feed well, on I, that. I
11: think uh, the spot we're in right now <laughs> – Uh, has to be one of, you know, you go on the road to St. Cloud uh, tomorrow and, um, you know, it's an opportunity for us to play well and to make sure that we can get some points out of there and then, uh, you know, build confidence off of that. But Barry's right on the button. Our special teams have to get better. Our goaltending has to, uh, you know, be a little bit stronger in the fact that we can't let any soft goals in with a team that, again, is looking for their identity early and then, once you find it, then you have to stick to it. So, And I think we're going to be a grinding, hardworking, physical, uh, second, third effort type team this year, and we have to be very stout on defense, uh, especially coming back through the neutral zone, not giving up odd man rushes, blocking a lot of shots, and then making sure we're opportunistic. So our power play has to get better. Our uh, penalty kill has to get better, and, and, again, everyone has to take a step up, especially our veterans.
12: So, so many people want to ask you questions here. We're trying to figure it all out. Uh, Nellie,
10: do you want to yeah, go first? Yeah, I just
3: had a question real quick. So watching the football and hockey teams both having games against Army last weekend, so the football team, they run the triple option because they don't necessarily get the best players does the Army hockey team kind of run a different type system because Very they nice. don't have some Look of at the That is a that great,
10: great question. Look it's at... a great
11: question. So, again, a lot of pucks behind the D. They're physical. Uh, they do wall up in their own end. So, basically, their identity is trying to block a lot of shots, making sure they're packing the house and not giving up those quality scoring area chances, which they did uh, effectively against us. And then you just have to stay with it. It's a... Uh, stick-with-it mentality, and and you break them down, break them down, and hopefully they trip your tackle, and you can score one on the power play, which we ended up doing on on Thursday night. And then it was, I think it took 57 minutes or or something like that on the next night to get a shorthanded goal. So you really got to stay disciplined. You got to stick to your game, and you got to out-chance them with second and third efforts. And, you know, we we had some extended shifts, what we call extended shifts in the O zone where we're, we're in motion. We're kicking it low to high. We're getting pucks to the net. We're retrieving it. We're kicking it low to high. But to me, it's those quality chances where it has to hit the net. It has to um, be in a second spot upstairs when the goalie's down. And, and give their goalie credit, he played pretty well, a Hayward kid, um, that I thought made some really big saves uh, a few times to keep minute. in it. But you're exactly right. Uh, they have to play more of a um, trap style, a style where they try to push everything to the outside and not let you get to the house.
12: Uh, Bear, you're up next, I think. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> RJ, get ready for your question. The Prince, <laughs> the Prince the, of Wisconsin. Yeah.
1: If she's not milking the cows, she's talking about them. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
0: The latest milk production figures are out. We'll be discussing it. What is going on as far as region-by-region region production, and what about cow numbers? Our friend Cody Koster from EverEgg in Chicago, our broker guest this morning, before we wrap it up. I'm Pam Yonke. Now, from the Alcivia Farm News Desk, here's what's happening on a Thursday. So today, the 21st day of October. On this day in 2014, Oscar Pistorius was convicted of culpable murder. Remember Oscar? He was better known by many in the sports circles as Blade Runner. He was a South African Paralympic champion, and he was put on trial for murdering his girlfriend, Riva Steenkamp. At first, they found him guilty of culpable homicide, went to jail for a short period of time, and then was released basically under house arrest. But in 2015, South Africa's Supreme Court came back and upgraded the charges to murder, found him guilty, and sentenced him to 16 years in prison. Oscar Pistorius, better known as Blade Runner in Olympic circles, a South African Paralympic champion, still in prison today. That the happened, started on this day in 2014. Happy birthday to Judge Judy. She's 79. And Kim Kardashian, she turns 41 today. And now you know. One of the biggest
2: challenges going forward for farmers is going to be getting financing for 2022. Fertilizer prices are up. Seed prices are up. Everything is up, and uh, Pam, it's a good thing we got some folks that can help us out.
0: Absolutely, Bob. The Allcivia Co-op Talk Show on now, and we're focused in this time around on how Allcivia is trying to provide financing options for the customer farmers that they work with. I talked about it with Hans Flieger. He is in charge of the Verity program and financing options that Allcivia is offering farms across the state of Wisconsin, and I just basically started off with... Explaining what Verity is, for farmers that have used it, they've become accustomed to it as a tool. But for farmers that have never investigated, Hans, tell us a little bit more about Verity.
9: Verity Business Solutions is a wholly owned subsidiary of Alcivia, and it provides in-house financing options for our members, which is just another benefit of doing business with Alcivia, having access to cash to increase cash flow uh, in times when farmers are getting tight.
0: How does Verity play in with the other finance programs available at All Civia, Hans?
9: Verity has three separate programs, um, grower financing programs. One that I want to talk about today is the Jumpstart program, which is our in-house financing for fall fertilizer. It allows farmers to purchase their fertilizer in the fall apply it in the fall and not pay for it until March 31st at 0% interest benefits of that really pam are to get the fall fertilizer out on the ground in the in the fall so it's more available in the spring it also allows Alsibi to, to to be able to do that work when they have uh, more time to be able to do it in the spring we're doing a lot of spraying and delivering of seed and chemicals and don't have the maybe the bandwidth at that point in time to be able to do it as we would in the fall.
0: So how fast uh, does this process take, Hans? If I'm uh, trying to get those best prices at this time of the year, how quickly are decisions made when it comes to Verity and some of these financing programs?
9: You know, depending on the size of of loan you need, um, anywhere from 48 hours to about a week. Um, to be able to get the financing and, and be able to book the loan and have it available to be able to make those prepaid decisions on fertilizer.
0: Now some folks are going to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, never heard of Verity, never heard of these financing programs. Will my Alcivia representative know about that, Hans? Or where do I go to find out more about Verity and the financing programs available in-house through Alcivia?
9: Yeah, if you reach out to your local um, Alcivia agronomist, they could definitely help you and point you in the right direction. We also have a link on the Alcivia.com website.
0: Hans Flieger, along with us, he's the team leader for the credit and finance folks at Alcivia. Now, Hans, why should I shop Verity and your financing programs versus my traditional lenders?
9: Yeah, Pam, I think that, you know, it's a goal of Alcivia and Verity to be able to provide convenient producer financing programs at competitive rates. To allow members to purchase products when the best deal is on the table, and I think that the convenience um, factor and being able to deal and, and walk in the door and be able to get everything done in one swoop is um, is a benefit to to the members moving
7: forward.
0: Hans Flieger along with us, telling you more about Verity and the financing programs available through All Civia. That's your All Civia Co-op Talk Chat with Hans Flieger. again leader of the credit and finance team for Allcivia. Find out more about Verity and their financing programs and everything Allcivia has to offer online. allcivia.com. Or check in with your Alcivia representative.
6: Boost agriculture production in 2021 by optimizing operations with Focus on
3: Energy. Focus on Energy partners with Wisconsin Utilities to offer farmers the resources to identify energy efficiency upgrades and cash incentives to make it happen.
6: Get started today by contacting your energy advisor. Call 888-623-2146 or visit focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness to learn
3: more. That's focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness focus Energy helping farmers grow since 2001.
0: Milk production figures are in for the month of September, and Wisconsin actually saw a pretty good jump as far as overall production. In the month of September, we produced 2.60 billion pounds of milk. That's up 3% compared to last year. The average number of milk cows in Wisconsin during September, 1.28 million head. That's unchanged from a year ago. Uh, As far as production on those animals, each one producing about 30 pounds of milk more. This September, than she did last, average cow producing about 2,035 pounds of milk. We're going to talk more about these dairy trends with Cody Costers in just a moment. One thing that you are continuing to notice is cows leaving the southwest corner of the United States. Arizona down about 3,000 cows compared to last year. Also saw that New Mexico dropped about 27,000 cows compared to a year ago. More on that coming up with Cody Costers. Yesterday in Chicago, barrel and black cheese were both unchanged double a butter that gained two and three quarter cents on Wednesday to a dollar eighty per pound. The fluid milk contracts right now November milk is up a nickel at nineteen thirty seven hundred weight December milk up twelve right now at hundred weight. December corn is currently down three at 536. November soybeans down six and three quarter cents, 1238 and three quarters. December wheat's down a nickel at 743. July new crop wheat down six and a half at 746 a bushel. Dow Jones Industrial Average this morning's down more than 110 points right now. You should be aware of that. Yesterday, China Evergrande announced that a deal they were hoping to close on on $2.6 billion of assets fell through. So their shares dropped more than 12.5%, and I think that's part of the reason why the Dow Jones Industrial Average and overnight activity definitely lower. want to send out big congratulations this morning to Awesome Farms and Produce. Headquartered in Friesland, that family operation has farms in Grand Marsh as well as Arena. They're focused in on potato production as well as onion production, and they have been named Compure Financial's Food and Agribusiness of the Year. Congratulations to President and CEO Larry Alsum, who oversees the family-owned operation along with his daughters, Wendy Alsum Dykstra and Heidi Alsum Randall, who are obviously getting ready to take over the operation. Wonderful accolades for a great bunch. Alsum Farms and Produce in Friesland named Compure Financials Food and Agribusiness of the Year. Well, we know cow numbers across the Southwest are dropping. Here in the upper Midwest, though, they're firm. Milk production figures are some of the topics we'll be discussing next with Cody Coster, our guest this morning from Ever Ag in both Chicago and Platteville. This
1: is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
6: Just about everyone from all walks of life have passed through these doors, each with distinctive skills, dialects, stories, all with a couple of things in common. Sense of community and the love of a comfortable spot to chill out. The tasting room lounge, the perfect refuge to enjoy your favorite cigar, spirit, specialty beer, or wine. Indoor or on the patio. Find your spot at the Tasting Room Lounge, West Broadway, Monona.
1: The landscape across the Central Corn Belt is going through some changes. The old authorities are starting to fade, and today are being replaced by a more dedicated, harder-working, higher-performing seed corn company. One with a team of folks raised right here and ready to serve. Whoa, boy. Looks like there's a new sheriff in town. Wiffle's Hybrids, quite possibly the best hybrids you can
10: buy. The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help with a commercial burglary investigation. On September 19th, officers responded to a burglar alarm at Tech Heroes in the 7400 block of Mineral Point Road. The glass front door had been shot out and the suspect took a small amount of cash from the store. The suspect was wearing a black hoodie pulled up over their head and black sweatpants, The suspect also had a red lanyard around their neck. A similar incident previously occurred on September 9th at a business in the 1400 block of Emil Street. If you have any information regarding either of these incidents, please contact the Madison Police Department at 255-2345. If you wish to remain anonymous, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can receive up to $1,000 in cash rewards for tips that lead to an arrest.
1: If you need to know about farming, then you need to know Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
0: We need to know what's happening as far as the dairy markets are concerned. We talked just moments ago about the latest milk production figures out for the month of September. Wisconsin witnessing about a 3% increase in milk production this year over last. But one of the trends we want to keep an eye on... Cow numbers. Joining us this morning to discuss all things dairy, Cody Coster. He's an agent broker with our friends from Ever Ag with uh, locations in Platteville, Chicago, and Cody's checking in from a branch office in Michigan this morning. Another state that was adding on cows in the month, uh, well, past month or so. Uh, Cody, what did you see in the milk production report that was issued yesterday? Anything in particular catch your eye?
5: Well, Pam, I think that the, the September milk production report caught a lot of people off guard. Uh, a lot of pre-reports that we were hearing, uh, folks expecting it to be positive half a percent all the way up to one and a half percent higher. Um, and coming into the month of 0.2 of percent higher, I do believe took everybody kind of by surprise. Uh, the big, you know, the big states uh, that we see cows exiting, as you kind of had mentioned, New Mexico, uh, the state of Washington. And, and actually, Florida, uh, Florida milk production down just about 7% year over year, which is, is pretty astonishing, um, you know, given the amount of fluid milk that that state produces and sells.
0: And it's, it's been going on. I mean, this is a trend as far as cow numbers are concerned. Do we think it's going to accelerate, Cody, now that we're going into the winter when it starts to be about feedstocks and things like that?
5: I do, and I think you and I talked about it a little bit last time. Uh, The state of New Mexico, probably, in my opinion, doing a little bit of calculations, has uh, one of the worst milk checks all around and definitely the highest feed costs, right? It's hard to, uh, with the water restrictions that are coming out in that state, if you're growing your own feed, uh, some of the water is getting cut back. If you need to get trucks brought in on soybean meal, ground, corn, canola, it's very expensive at this point. And I think we're going to see cows leaving that state. Um, today we have cow slaughter coming out. The USDA announces their cow slaughter. Um, in the past couple weeks, it's been, you know, 5%, 3%, 6% higher as we keep rolling along in that Southwest corridor has been a place that people have been keeping their eyes on as a lot of the cows that are going to slaughter are coming from that region.
0: And that's that's the deal. They're going to slaughter. It's not like they're moving someplace else. At least not right now.
5: Well, even if they are, let's say that a dairy comes in and buys a two thousand cow dairy. At this point, I do believe they are probably going to call uh, anywhere from two hundred to maybe three hundred of those animals uh, to bring the rest into their herd. So there are still, even if the dairy is getting sold as a quote unquote turnkey dairy. I think there's still animals that are getting called from there and just going out to beef.
0: Are you hearing much about? You know, you mentioned Turnkey Dairy. Are you hearing anything? I know at World Dairy Expo there was a lot of conversations by growers in California, Arizona, New Mexico that were basically saying we got to get out of here if we're going to keep dairying. Are are you catching any vibe on that, Cody?
5: Yeah, uh, there's a couple websites that you can follow that uh, that have like cow sales, and sometimes they will have these turnkey dairies where you can buy the dairy some of the land and the cows but it's not even out west anymore Pam we're seeing this in Ohio Michigan New York uh Indiana I mean some of these states now it's starting to move eastward and in the you know some of these dairy sales are happening throughout the whole nation that we're seeing.
0: Hmm. Interesting. If you're just joining us, Cody Coster joining us live this morning, an agent broker with EverAg. And again, you can uh, look them up online if you want to get in touch with Cody or any of uh, the folks from EverAg. Let's talk a little bit about not just uh, milk production here in the United States, Cody, but let's pivot and take a look at what's happening in the European Union. I've been uh, bringing uh, the audience stories from time to time about empty shelves in the European Union because they don't have enough truckers, enough uh, drivers for their uh, larger, well, they call them lorries, and that's actually led to some dairy producers in the European Union that have had to dump milk. Their problems don't end there, do they?
5: No. And what we've seen in the European Union, we had the GDT auction this past Tuesday. Uh, Their prices, and on an aggregate, we're up about 2.2%. What's interesting is uh, talking to different folks that really dive into the EU milk production is, Uh, I think the month of August they had announced and they were up only 0.7%, but a lot of the countries over there, Pam, are actually deficit milk production. They're minus two to 3%. Um, and talking to some of the dairy farmers, a lot of that is some of it's water restriction, but a lot of it is like a government, um, oversight kind of making different rules, different regulations. And some of these dairies over there have just kind of had enough. They're fed up. They're selling the cows and, and kind of moving on with life. And, and it's very interesting because you see what you and I just talked about, the U.S. milk production uh, trending towards zero, right? Maybe not lesser, but kind of towards zero. And the EU doing the same thing. Uh, there seems to be less milk happening in the whole world, just in general.
0: Well, consumption remains very strong. I mean, demand for powder and uh, cheese, still incredibly strong.
5: Absolutely. Uh, the, the demand that we keep hearing about the exports are still going. Like, they're still rolling right along. But you had kind of mentioned it with the, the European truck drivers. We're having our own problems logistically here also. I mean, we have to get some of these trucks to deliver it to the ports. We've got to get the ports cleared. We have to get the ships loaded and the ships sailing. And this all takes time. And right now, as everybody knows, there is quite the backup at some of these ports, which is just, it's kind of creating a bottleneck and uh, talking to different people who are logistical experts, they just don't know when this is possibly going to rebound or or get better for that matter.
0: Well, and I know that there's a lot of angst for people that are thinking about Christmas gifts, but boy, if you're in the dairy industry, you know, that's a perishable good that's got to move in a timely fashion.
5: Oh. Absolutely. And I think there's you're gonna see people that are gonna start going out there for their Thanksgiving, for their Christmas, uh, for their holiday cooking and start buying some of this stuff. Maybe not necessarily milk, because I mean you could try to freeze milk, but we all know that might not work as good. Uh, but butter, cheese, yogurt, I think you're gonna start to see some of these things fly off the shelves as more and more people need them coming towards the holiday demand season, especially for cooking. If you're cooking for a big family and they're already talking about, hey, get your Christmas presents now, well the next thing on your mind is what are we going to feed the family with? We might want to start stocking up. And I've seen it in the local stores here in Michigan. Uh, some of these, these butter, um, you know, chunks of butter, people are buying them in droves. And, and that is a commodity that you can freeze in the freezer, take it out a couple months later and reuse. And I think we're going to see that ramp up even heavier uh, going into the Q4 here.
0: Interesting conversation. Cody, how can people get in touch with you or the rest of the team at Everag?
5: Uh, If you'd like to visit our website, www.ever.ag, or uh, send me an email, my email cjk at ever.ag. We would be happy to respond and talk through any questions that you might have.
0: Boy, I appreciate you, Cody. You've always got some great insights, not just about what's happening here in the U.S. with milk, but like you said, connections around the world. Have a super Thursday. Thanks for checking in. Thank you, Pam. Cody Koster, again, joining us live on this Thursday morning with uh, All Things Dairy, part of the Ever Ag crew that uh, is keeping an eye on what's happening, like we said, not just domestic milk production, but you're in a global trade situation, and the demand is out there. Like you said, the trends, what we're seeing right now in uh, the United States, the Southwest, and like you said, even to the East, milk production staying flat. Wisconsin milk, now remember, month of September was up 3%. We'll talk more about the same kinds of stuff tomorrow.